0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming
1: resources. Four or five yards to get into Hauschka's range. Anderson slinging it up to seven and it is picked. Mike Mitchell. That's fine. That's fine. Still on his feet. Inside Buffalo territory. There you go, another brilliant interception. That's, That's fine. That's fine. Oh. Another interception. Tip by Quincy. That's fine. That's fine. And taken by Corey Moore. Where else would you rather be than right
0: here, right there?
2: Wanna
1: welcome to the circling the wagons podcast a podcast discussing the bills all year round with interviews news recaps and insightful fan discussion most times here's your host and lifelong bills fan nate welcome
3: to another episode of the circling the wagons podcast the only podcast that will tell you the bills offense only scored one more point than the bills defense i'm your host nate And this is our recap edition podcast where we will discuss the Bills getting snot-bubbled by the Colts 37-5 to in Indy to go 2-5 and on the season. I'm joined by my co-hosts and high school buddies, John and Mike. Fellas, are you ready to dive into this bonanza of an offensive performance for the Bills today?
1: Sure, why not?
3: Mike, you ready?
1: Nate, ready to talk about this one. This one was embarrassing. Uh,
3: Well put, Mike. Um, I think, I guess... You know, going into the week, into this game, heading into it, Derek Anderson was named the starter for the Bills after only having been here for a week. And, uh, you know, I guess I was hoping, I don't know about you guys, but I was hoping that he would kind of be able to come off the couch after not playing for a whole season last year and uh, somehow inject some really much needed passing ability into this offense. And clearly he couldn't today. He had a really bad day passing the ball. Um... At one point, I was wondering why they kept running the ball after being down like 24-5 to 5 in the fourth quarter. And then Derek Anderson started slinging the ball, and he basically did his best Nathan Peterman impression and <laughs> kept throwing picks to the other team. So I thought the defense looked awful today, unlike most of the rest of the season. Defense really kind of let the team down. They didn't force any turnovers. Um, just not good enough to win today. And, you know, McDermott is 7-3 and at home but was four and eight on the road heading into this game and just lays another dud. I mean, the whole team really just looked completely outmatched by a one in five Colts team. Is that kind of, is that kind of how you saw it, John?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, they played undisciplined, uninspired football. They, we're not prepared. They're pretty much a joke. I mean, what, what do you think the spread is going to be on the pass game next week? Forty.
3: <laughs> well put, John. Mike, what do you think? Are you in the same same feeling? They
1: just looked unprepared, Nate. But it, at the end of the day, it comes down to turnovers. Five when you when you get down five turnovers, that's the game.
3: Yeah, that's that. We're going to get into the stats of the game a, a little bit later. But yeah, that's that was. Not only that, the Bills couldn't produce any turnovers. I mean, they couldn't. They couldn't pick off andrew luck they couldn't stop him they the running game on the on the colts was just really got going and the bills couldn't do anything to stop it. it was sloppy tackling by the defense there were no sacks by the bills today unlike you know games before i mean they got a little bit of pressure but it did they didn't even need to they didn't even need to get pressure on it because they could the colts could run all day they could run all day on the bills so So I mean, you know, I had that as one of my general notes. The Bills were getting run all over today. Let's just go right into stats. Stats of the game, pretty rough. I don't know, I don't know how much we want to get into it, but I got a lot of stats for you. So going into the game, the Bills were twenty or the Colts were twenty six in the league in passing yards per game. So they allowed an average of two hundred eighty passing yards per game. So Derek Anderson had one hundred seventy five yards passing, zero touchdowns. And three interceptions and a forced fumble. The Bills had five turnovers today. The Colts had zero. On the offensive side of the ball for the Bills, Chris Ivory had 16 carries for 81 yards. He actually didn't look too bad today. Neither did Marcus Murphy. Surprisingly, the Bills could actually get the running game going. Uh, Ivory had a 5.1 yards per carry average. And Marcus Murphy had a 13.3, which is pretty pretty good. Um All things considered, throwing the ball is something else. Bill's leading receiver this week, again, Kelvin Benjamin, four receptions, 71 yards, no touchdowns. Um, On the Colts' side of the ball, um, Andrew Luck had only 156 yards passing, but it didn't matter because he had four touchdowns. Marlon Mack, 19 carries for 126 yards and a touchdown. um, To go along with the fact they had two receptions for 33 yards and a touchdown. Chester Rogers was the leading receiver. Four receptions, 40 yards, but um, really it was T.Y. Hilton with the uh, four receptions, 25 yards, and two touchdowns, two receiving touchdowns. So, you know, the, just the Bills completely outmatched. I mean, you know, I, I guess if you look at this season in general, you know, we're looking for something to really spark the offense and, and really get it going. We've been waiting for that for a few weeks now, actually. And, you know, even when Josh Allen was playing, and just, just nothing, just nothing again today. And I don't know if it's a matter of coaching or lack of talent or accumulation of all things you know together but i mean it was pretty it's pretty bad um do you guys have anything else to add to the stats of the game for that i that's all i had third down conversion real quick the colts had 53 percent conversion on third down the bills only had 22 percent, which is pretty pretty terrible Um, oh yeah like i said sacks the colts had two sacks the bills had zero sacks what about you john
2: yeah, the only other thing you had was the amazingly enough, the Bills had more passing yardage than the Colts did. I don't know, obviously they threw three touchdowns and we threw three picks, but um
1: yeah.
2: it was kind of surprising, I guess. So there's a win, right? It doesn't matter that much.
3: <laughs> we should, we should keep that in the uh the bright side segment, the bills outpass Derek Anderson outpasses Andrew luck.
1: I want a new stat and RRPP for the times that you run, run past punt. Cause I feel like the bills would <laughs> every week this season would be a new NFL record. It's so maddening.
3: So do you think that they did that? Um, first of all, we would win that staff for like the last 15, 20 years, I think um, for sure. And it's only got to be a run, run in the middle of the pile. It can't be a run outside or a stretch or a creative run play.
1: Right into the center, yeah. Right into the
3: center, and only because there's no holes in the center ever. It's always maybe two, three yards is a success in that play. But yeah. Oh, can we also do it so that um, keep track of every time the Bills are like third and thirteen, and then they only pass for like six yards, and then hope that the guy can somehow run the other seven
1: <laughs> through, through, break three tackles. <laughs>
3: a minimum of 3 tackles to get, to get to the first down. I mean, why why even pass it? Don't even pass it.
1: And he's not and the receiver can't be running in stride catching the ball. He has to be coming back towards the quarterback. <laughs> he
3: has to basically he has to be shifting momentum completely just to start gaining process. It can't be a slant. It can't be a go route. It can't be any a post, anything where the guy doesn't have to completely look back. It can at only the, be
1: a hook. Be,
3: <laughs> a hook.
2: Definitely a check down.
3: Check down. Yeah. Oh, it has to be, especially when there's no pressure on the quarterback. The quarterback can't be pressured. He has to have time and then also still make the same decision. It reminds me of last year. It was like it was like third and long, and it they'd already pretty much given up on the play. They're like, we're just gonna just run the ball. <laughs> like we're there's no way we're gonna get this first down. Let's just run it for you know six, six, seven yards. We'll call that a win. Yeah. Well, but isn't
1: that demoralizing for the players? Certainly the fans. When there's a couple of different situations throughout the game, it can be on individual drives when they don't go for the first down, and that it can be just in the game when they're not going throw it for it on fourth down, right? When you're down by, I mean, it's, it's a function of how much time you have left in the game. But at some point, it's like, we need to score on this drive or else, and the Bills will punt it.
3: You know, they should be going for it on fourth down. If you're down 21 points and there's, what, a quarter left? Less than a quarter? I, I don't know. You have to you have to start throwing the ball. But then, you Absolutely.
2: know. Absolutely. Even that one driver, they, they ended up with a field goal. It was a seven-and-a-half-minute-long drive. And it's like, oh, they had a great drive and everything. It's like, yeah, it took seven-and-a-half minutes. And they're down by freaking 24 points or whatever.
3: Yeah, there was never a true, true sense of urgency at any point by the offense. You know, I was watching I was watching the play um, clock, especially in the second half, and the Bills were, you know, hiking it with, like, 10 seconds left. and like, that's not that fast. I mean, for, for the amount of points that you guys are down, you guys should be trying to get to the, you know, ball a little bit sooner, have the plays ready, yeah yeah it's very demoralizing the run run pass is a is a good is a good why don't we try to let's try to track those stats here on forward run run pass punt <laughs> how many run run pass punts did they have today in today's game <laughs> today might have been uh today might have been a record so there's that going to plays of the game that kind of stood out to me um Charles Clay fumbles on a very on a, on a promising drive very early in the second quarter deep into Colts territory after a long run by Ivory. And then he fumbles and then the Colts get the ball back and the bills get zero points out of it. Um, You know, second quarter, that was the bills were only down by 14 points at that point. So they're still in it at some point. So by the way, it's still how many quarterbacks have we had? No, no one's been able to find a way to take advantage of Charles Clay at all. I mean, you can Tyrod Taylor, Nathan Peterman, how many quarterbacks have to come through? Nobody's been able to pass to the guy and have any success. You could,
2: you could say that about lots of Bill's receivers that they've had over the years. I think it's just a function of the play calling and the quarterback, sometimes the offensive line, but like they've had lots of good receivers through here, and they haven't done anything. They go on to other teams and do great.
3: I.e., like Robert Woods and Marquise Goodwin and stuff like that?
2: Yeah, exactly. Hogan. Hogan, yeah.
3: You're right. It is, its It's got to be more of a function of a quarterback, right? A good quarterback Still makes plays with this, you know, offense, right? I mean, they they can only, you can only put enough lipstick on a pig, you know, right? And it's still a pig. So, I think I think Dable, you know, as much as as bad as the Bills' offense has been, I don't know how much blame he takes in this. Okay, so we talked about the Bills being down twenty four to three. It was third and twelve, and they needed a six or they uh they needed a first down, and they throw a six yard hitch route. They punted it. I talked about that. Um. geez, you know, I, I guess it was one of those games where, you know, um, I know about you guys, when the bills are in it, like, I really, I mean, I'm, I'm really paying attention to TV to the point where my wife's like, Hey, I need you to come do this and be like, hold on, hold on. You know, I need to just need to wait till it's commercial or something, you know? And today, like, you know, my son woke up from his nap and she's like, Hey, you know, uh, Oh, let's like, you know, I went into the other room for something. She put it on like Bubble Guppies. She comes back in the room, and it's like the middle of the fourth quarter. And she's like, "Oh, let's put the TV back on. Daddy's back here." I'm like, "Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> you know, like there's no hurry. There's no hurry of going back to the TV. I'm all right with that." Uh, it was just that kind of game. It was pretty rough. It sucks too. You know, we were talking about um, Sean McDermott's record on the road. Now he's four and nine, which is which is really bad. But the Bills have had. You know, uh, five out of the first seven games have been away games. You know, they've been it's been a tough schedule these first seven games. Literally, only two of the first seven games have been at home, and and you know the Bills. If you if you think about it, like the Bills are seven and three at home, they have six more games at home. They could easily win. You know, four of those games, especially with the ease of the schedule. I mean, the Bills could pull off like a seven to nine season. Just based on their home record and the
2: the, The Bills could really just make it almost to the playoffs, but not quite, and then get a worse draft pick because of that. (laughs) Yeah. Just like every other year.
3: Just like, yeah. (laughs) Why would you want a top draft pick, John? I don't understand. Why would you want to why would you want a a definite shot at drafting the best players? Anyway, I don't wanna I don't wanna get too much into this, into the the negativity of the I I told you guys I was listening to WGR earlier this week. And for those that that do that, if you're in the Buffalo area or you just listen to it, it it will bring you down. There are times that we as Bills fans, you know, especially right after the game, especially during the game when it's a game like this, that you kind of go through this, like, depression vortex spiral that if you keep, like, playing the scenarios in your head more and more, especially because it's really not even halfway through the season and the Bills, you know, have an uphill climb to a wildcard spot. You know you can you can really you can really dig deep into a, a spiral of depression, but man, I listened to WGR for like one segment on Monday or Tuesday, and I was just like, "This season's done. These guys, they need to fire everyone." And then you know, I talk to you guys, and we talk on the podcast, and, and I'm just in a much better mood. So let's so let's real quick, let's talk about Wall of Famer for today's game. If if there's somebody that had a decent game or, or a good game today that needs to go on the wall of fame. Who do you think that should be? John, you said you, you said you got one.
2: Yeah. I, I almost couldn't think of one, but I'm going to go with the punter, even though I can't pronounce his name yet.
3: The <laughs> um, Horquez, I believe.
2: Yeah, that sounds right. Um, three of his four punts were inside the 20 for a net average of 46.3, which is really good. So, I'm gonna go with the punter.
3: You know, that's good. What's also good about the punter is he didn't um misdiagnose any plays that could have been a fake field goal. So that's good on him. That's he's one for one on that today. Uh <laughs> so uh Mike, do you have anyone?
1: I've got nothing, Nate.
3: <laughs> Dude, you're usually are optimistic, you know, let's not let's not get too down on this team. But it's tough to find uh a guy that was really stand out i'm gonna i i had this we
1: could we could have excuses right like oh lost mccoy injuries to the offensive line Derek anderson but team the 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 fact is teams go other teams go through this and come out the other side and don't have the performance that the bills had today uh i don't think there was anybody that stood out um i think john's answer was a total cop-out uh no, there's nobody after today.
3: Well, I don't think John's answer was a total cop out. I thought that was pretty good. That was pretty good. I it mean, was that
2: or nobody. I honestly.
3: Is that or nobody? The punter won. Hey, how many years? Have, if if the podcast was around about ten years ago, I'm pretty sure Brian Mormon would have won um, Wall I'm of Famer. Yeah, Think of the same thing, right? Yeah, Wall it's of it's Famer. Really cool. Yeah, it's really sad. It absolutely is pretty sad. I'm kind of. He was
1: I'm, a much better punter, though. <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh, an amazing punter. He never once thought that there was going to be a fake field goal when there wasn't going to be a fake field goal. Um, he actually
2: converted on some fake field goals, I think.
3: Yeah, I think he threw a couple of touchdown passes. He probably has most he touchdown passes for goal. a punter. I, I believe
1: so. Team. Probably ahead of a few quarterbacks.
3: <laughs> Still ahead of Derek Anderson, that's for damn sure. <laughs> Brian Mormon. Um, so anyway, uh, we. I for me, it was. I I really couldn't find anyone specifically that stuck stuck out. I'm going to say anyone that made the trip. To Indy for that game, <laughs> for that game is a is a wall of famer in my book. If you're that big of a fan and you traveled any sort of distance to go to that game, you know you're you're a wall of famer in my book. I uh, my hats off to you. So um, let's let's do our wall of blame for this game. Let's play everyone's favorite game, whether it's at work.
1: I thought you were gonna send out that email.
3: Or at home.
1: I thought you put out the trash.
3: Or especially when your favorite team loses. It's time to play the blame game. So, wall of blame, who do we blame for today's loss? Um, John, do you want to go first or you want me to go first?
1: I, I, I guess Why I can Why wasn't go. I even in the conversation? Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, you know, I, I don't know. Okay. Okay. Mike, Mike, do you want to go first? Who, who's on your wall no, of blame? No, <laughs> I don't.
1: I'm good.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, bud. All right, John. John, who do you have? Before Mike cuts right, you off.
2: second week in a row, I'm going with Sean McDermott. That blame. team was ill prepared for a one-in-five Colts team. I mean, it's not the first game that they should have won this year. And, you know, the, that's that.
3: They were absolutely not prepared. I agree. I agree 100%. That's, that's really good, John. Mike, what did you think?
1: I'm going to say the offense in particular, like the offensive coordinator and that whole staff, because it's, as John alluded to, it's – When we're doing a post mortem, like we're talking like they played an undefeated team. They played the one in five Colts. We're we're in hindsight, because it was such a lopsided game, we're we're acting like it was a foregone conclusion. And going into that game, the Bills had the better record, right? Um, and had played better this year.
3: Yeah, I looked. I looked at this game very winnable in a one of five Colts team. Do you think? Of do you course, think, right? It, it was. It was of very course. winnable. It was very winnable. The Who Jets, else
1: would you rather play
3: than than a one of five Colts team? Right. Exactly. Um, well, well. Do you think? That, well, here's we my question. We needed this one. We really needed this one. Do you think, though, that we needed this game even more, or it's even more daunting of a loss because we have the Pats next week? Do you think if we weren't playing New England next week that this Game Like if we were playing, let's say, I don't know, the Jets or the Dolphins or whatever, like a possibly winnable game that we would view today's loss as as not so bad, or no matter what, it was going to be a terrible loss.
1: I don't I don't think it was inevitable. I think this was a great game to have on the schedule at this point because you think, hey, you win this, you're you're really back in it. The the coaching like there was no putting your players in a position to succeed, like we've talked about, it, right? Like the screen pat like we get that Derek Anderson has only had a couple weeks with the team, it's his first start, it's a limited playbook, but you're not doing screens or slants or right? anything. It's just run run pat like nothing creative and then no adjustments either. When you saw what wasn't working, it was just the whole game, they, they did the same thing.
2: Yeah. Maybe it goes even deeper than that with the quarterbacks. Like, okay, Anderson's their third string quarterback that they just signed a week and a half ago. But, like, when they had McCarron and Peterman and Allen in camp, like, you know, they're cutting McCarron. And, you know, obviously Peterman had a good camp, but, like, they, they didn't have the foresight to bring in a vet before then, before a week and a half ago.
3: Yeah, which which brings me to my wall of blame. My wall of blamer goes to Brandon Bean for that exact reason that you just said, John, for going into the season with only Peterman and Allen on the roster. And after Peterman gets benched in week one, they wait until week six to sign a vet who hasn't taken a meaningful snap in almost two years. I I, I don't know how you do that. And I don't know, you know, it's one thing to, to trade McCarron, but... When you literally have a rookie, a very raw rookie at that, and then a guy who's had absolutely no success in the regular season, just like, okay, well, we're just going to go with this. <laughs> These two guys, like, that'll be it. You know, not that I think McCarron could have done anything better than Derek Anderson, but I mean, I don't know. I, it's, it's hard to say at this point. It's hard to say uh, there's, and how many other veteran QBs would be better than Derek Anderson? So Brandon Mingo's on my wall of blame for 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 this this week, and you know for for them being in the position where they are right now. You know, not only the, and I mean, are we really surprised? I mean, they spent ninety percent of their assets in the draft and the free agency over defense. So I mean, when the defense plays well, you're like, great, it should. And then I guess when the offense doesn't play well, you're like, yeah, I guess, great, it shouldn't. So I guess we we shouldn't be surprised. You know, I and even like Mike was saying, I don't know if you know, we say injuries and stuff. I don't think LaShawn McCoy's, you know, even though he left on the first possession of the game, I don't think that really mattered, you know, but maybe again, they they needed to really, the guy, Derek Anderson literally been with the team for what, a week and a half. So they probably had to dumb down the playbook a little bit. But like, but to Mike's point, why don't you dumb down the playbook into some easy passes? I mean, the the, the Colts aren't known for taking, a, taking away, you know, offenses and passers. So just, you know, get some easy, you know, five. What does Brady do every single week? You know, we, I feel like we, we, we kind of harp on this every week. Five, six yard outs, five, six yard slants. You know, it's like his passing game is his running game. You know, he's just pass, 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 right? Um, and Brian Dable again, being with the Patriots for seven, eight years or however long he was there. I'm surprised he hasn't picked up on that. So I guess that, you know, that, that kind of concludes our wall of blame segment in the blame game um you know before we give our final thoughts i kind of want to go into the bright side segment as we tend to do so as much as i was ragging on wgr for you know kind of depressing you and and, and putting you in a place where like yeah you know this is how crappy the team's going to be forever you know let's let's go into our bright side segment always look on the bright side of life Always look on the light side of life. So the first thing I'm going to say, and I'm going to be saying this probably for up until the end of the season, if if necessary. um, The Bills have 10 draft picks next year. They have over $90 million in cap space. That can buy you some offensive players. They can buy you wide receivers, offensive linemen. It'll it gives you the ability to trade for someone like I saw today, Demarius Thomas floating out there as a possible trade, you know, because the Broncos have so many good wide receivers. Literally, probably their third or fourth wide receiver would be our number one wide receiver. So Demarius, I mean, there there's there's place to be there's people out there, there's players out there. You know, this this whole season was about getting, you know, the Bills defense on board and uh and it really has. You know, if you look at it, the, the way that we talked about before the season, I mean, we didn't, this is kind of going how we thought it, it was going to go. I mean, it still sucks, but it's not surprising. You know, the defense is doing pretty well, minus today's game, obviously, but, you know, the offense is struggling and we kind of thought that. So, you know, this, this season, I kind of see, you know, I, I, after the Minnesota Vikings game, I got reinvested, you know, emotionally into this, into the season, especially after the first two losses, they were pretty bad. And then, you know, with this last loss, I'm kind of distancing myself emotionally a little bit, you know? But I think the season is really all about progress. So even though the Bills might not have an amazing record, it's possible that they don't. I'm not saying that they won't. They still are in the wild card for sure, you know, with some wins. Especially the second second half of the season is 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 much more promising. Um, this this season is about progress. It's about winning in all phases of the game and, and getting to the next step. And even though the offense won't be like, you know, a top, 15 or maybe even a top 20. I just need them to progress more than what they've shown the first seven games. What about you guys? Any, any bright side?
2: Well, any, anything I, I would say would have some sarcasm involved.
1: Cool. Mike, anything else? At the at the end of the day, Nate, it comes down to Josh Allen. Uh, this, of course, Derek Anderson is just a, a placeholder till we get Allen back. So I think you're right. This season is going how we kind of thought. And then when Allen gets injured, what do you expect? Um, you like to look for the positives. Um, today offensive line was okay. They, the running game was pretty good. I think it comes down to the turnovers. Right, with five turnovers, you're never going to win that game. Um, you can't. It's hard to win. It's a huge uphill battle if the differential is two turnovers. So week to week, um, things can go the Bills' way if they fix that and and flip flip that script. Right, the defense. Has played really well at times. If they can get back to that formula, um, I think they can win any game. If the defense plays lights out, and when we get Allen back, but the turnovers just this week—you can't win those games.
3: No, no, really good point on the turnovers, Mike. Again, you know, it's just—it was just a really rough week for that, and the this this team isn't built for coming back from a fourteen-point deficit. You know, kind of like last season, like they they're just not built for it. So you go down fourteen nothing, and the defense, either you know the offense turns the ball over to the other team's defense, or the defense can't force any turnovers. You're you're gonna lose. This team is this team will lose. But I liked I like what you just said, Mike, about Josh Allen point, and I think that that that's worth mentioning again. And even though Josh Allen hasn't had amazing weeks passing, I mean he's not breaking any rookie records or throwing for four hundred yards or anything like that. Or even sometimes throwing for two hundred yards is is a feat right now but he's not completely losing them games whereas you see nathan peterman come into the second half of last game and then Derek anderson this game i mean these guys are actively losing games for the bills so um i think that bodes well for allen i mean you you can easily say after this game that allen is by far the best quarterback on the roster still like there's no question i don't think even if the guy's not throwing for like I said, three, 400 yards, he's still not losing them games and he's still keeping them in it. And I think this team plays differently with Josh Allen in the game. One of the uh, final thoughts I had, I want to talk about, uh, is I, is heading into the game. I posted a Twitter poll that if the bills lose and go two and five, will you hope that they, a fight for a wild card or B tank, tank the season for the draft? So, um, I'll let you guys guess what was what was the majority vote on this one. Was it was it wild card playoff spot or was it tank the season? John, what did you think?
2: Well, when I voted, a <laughs> it was 50-50. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 I'm gonna say that the majority of people are gonna say fight for wild card spot because once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. It's game to game. You win the game, you're on to the next level.
3: Okay, good, good, good guess. Good guess, Mike. What about you? playoffs we were there last year people are thirsty for the playoffs again right um yeah yeah The 53 percent of the fans said wild card um didn't start off that way it was like 70 percent tank you know at like 10 a.m this morning and then it kind of evened out so uh so yeah i i you know i'm still hoping for the wild card i'm not ready to give that up i think even even a loss against the pats this next week i mean you know the bills could still go on a run um so yeah, we'll see. I mean, the Bills play the Jaguars later this season. The Jaguars look beatable, so that's a good sign. I, I I don't know if you guys saw this. Terrell Pryor was just cut by the Jets. I'm really hoping that Buffalo somehow puts a waiver claim in for them, especially after this week where you know the Bills have like the fifth highest waiver priority, whatever it ends up being. I mean, I think Terrell Pryor comes in even after he gets back from his injury in a few weeks. I think he becomes a number one wide receiver. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I mean my when you initially mentioned that earlier today or this week, I, I thought, oh, eh, prior, whatever. But then I, the more I thought about it, the more I thought well, it probably could be the number one receiver because the receivers suck.
3: Yeah. Every time I see a player get cut or a wide receiver out there or whatever that's not named Des Bryant, I'm, I'm thinking, Bill, you guys gotta. Not only that, though, I hear that the Jets want to re-sign him even though they cut him. You know, after he gets back because they really liked him. He had a really good game like right before his injury. And he, I guess he's really good at blocking for, you know, running backs and this and that. And I'm like, so not only would you gain a better wide receiver than what you have, it, you'd also keep him from going back on the Jets and adding to that wide receiving core. So, you know, win win. That was kind of like the idea when the Bills signed uh, Charles Clay. So the next game is against the 5 and 2 Patriots in Buffalo at 8 30 p.m. next Monday night, primetime, guys. Um, only this going to be lit. <laughs> It's only the third home game this season. Um so that's exciting. You know, I feel like um if you go to the Bills game, do you have to take like the next day off or at least the next morning off from work? Or do you just go in like on like 5 hours of sleep after watching that game? I feel like you got to take like a at least a half day the next morning. Right? We get and what what's funny is like you have to take like half a half
1: days are so overrated, Nate. Take the day or do go in. Go in. Like you, you still have to get dressed, you still have to do the commute. It's like all or nothing.
3: And then you start the day from behind, right? You get in and You're noon.
1: probably still expected to do the same amount of work.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Whereas if you're gone the whole day, people are like, Well, Mike's not in, so not shit's not getting done. <laughs> Instead they'll be like, Well, Mike, you gotta you gotta fit eight hours of work into four hours. So, um, I, but you also have to take four hours off. Like you also have to take a half day on Monday afternoon, just to get to the game, you know, at a reasonable time. Or if you want to tailgate, you know, it's going to be traffic's going to be crazy on the way home. So, um, take
1: Monday and Tuesday, treat yourself. Treat yourself.
3: <laughs> People are like, I only get a week off per year. <laughs> I can't, t- that'd be, that's nice, Mike. I'd love to take two days off for Bill's game against the Patriots, but man, it's kind of cool they get a primetime game. You guys thinking um how about this? How about this? How about this? If the Bills win, we're going to do a podcast right after, like at like midnight, right? We'll record a podcast at midnight and upload it that morning. If the Bills lose, we'll just do it Tuesday. <laughs> we'll just we'll just talk Tuesday. How about that?
2: That's a deal, mate.
3: That's a deal. <laughs> <laughs> I sound confident in that, John. <laughs> John's like, good, because it won't matter. Gonna... <laughs> John's like, I'm going to be asleep by 10. It doesn't matter anyway. Uh, cool, guys. So um, unless you guys have anything else to add to this amazing podcast, this amazing recap of the Bills' loss, 37-5 um, to 5 to the Indianapolis Colts, um, we'll be signing off. So for John.
2: Colts are Trump's strategy.
3: So
1: for Mike. Go Bills. Listen, Monday night, we were way too negative about the Pats. The Pats are a good team, but we've been wanting Monday night football games for so long. It's great we have one. They're in the national spotlight. Like, that's the game.
3: Yeah, so show up and beat the Pats, right? Beat the Pats on Monday night football. And then all of a sudden, you're 3-5, and and you're back into the national discussion of Are the Bills the worst team in the league, or maybe are they a contender? You know? You shift the narrative. With a win like that, you shift the narrative. That's a statement. That's a statement win right there. And the the, the Pats almost lost in Chicago, second road road game in a row in Buffalo. All right. So for me, Nate, go Bills. Let's hope for three and five, and we'll talk to you guys again next week. Thanks for listening.